with the first pick in the 2008 NBA draft, the Chicago Bulls select Derrick Rose from the University of Memphis. From the University of Memphis. Fuck out of here. Derek Martell Rose from Chicago, from Inglewood. Simeon Academy's Derek Rose. D. Rose went from the south side to the United Center and took the league by storm. You know how fast cartoon people have their legs turn into wheels and then they zip all over the place? That's rookie year Derek Rose. The league hadn't seen a guy like him. The first pick won rookie of the year in 2009 and took his hometown Bulls back to the playoffs. But in the summer of 2010, LeBron James made the decision to leave home, take his talents to South Beach, and unwittingly create the narrative that defined both him and Derrick Rose up until that point. Akron's LeBron leaves his hometown team to chase titles in Miami, while Chicago's Rose stays put and builds a contender in the Windy City. They became foils, and that next season, LeBron's Heat won 58 games, but Rose's Bulls won a league-best 62. The two met in the Eastern Conference Finals, where Miami's mercenaries wiped out the top-seeded Bulls. The narrative got another jolt in the winter of 2012, when both Rose and James were introduced as all-star starters. There's plumes of smoke, a laser light show, DJ Khaled is blaring, I think, I actually don't know a lot about DJ Khaled. The stage rises up, and LeBron, Melo, D-Wade, and Dwight Howard emerge, dancing, preening. And then off to the side is little, unassuming Derek Rose, who slowly creeps out as cameras catch him glancing at his extroverted teammates with a face that screams, what the hell are you doing? Knee injuries to Rose sidelined the Bulls' Heat-Derek-LeBron rivalry, but in the spring of 2015, it was on again. The third-seeded Derrick Rose hometown Bulls beat the Bucks in six games as LeBron's hometown second-seeded Cavs swept the Celtics, setting up our second-round matchup. Game 1, Chicago stuns Cleveland at home, taking a 1-0 lead. Derrick Rose scores 25 and helps keep LeBron to only 19. Game 2, the Cavs come right back and tie the series. LeBron scores 33 this time, and Derrick Rose is held to 14. The 1-1 series now heads to a pivotal Game 3 in Chi-Town. The game is closed, back and forth for the full 48. With 15 seconds left and the Cavs down three points, LeBron James pulls the ball out to attack Jimmy Butler. The King uses a Tristan Thompson screen, but instead of driving the lane, LeBron defers and shovels a pass to J.R. Smith. James looking back to Smith. Smith for three. It's good. J.R. Smith from downtown ties the game with 10 seconds remaining. 96-96 after a Bulls timeout. Chicago would have just three seconds left to take one last shot. Now remember the foil narrative here. LeBron had just deferred in a clutch moment. So who was going to take the ball for the Bulls? Which hometown kid was going to will his hometown team to a playoff win? Dunleavy. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! This is First Ballot. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and inducts them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Neil, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, the SoundCloud Otis Thorpe, the Pod Sham Pod, coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal Office Depot, Executive Suite, Big and Tall Desk Chair. Today's episode of First Ballot could be sponsored by the Hulu Originals documentary series, Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. I'd give a review right here. Not as the biggest Lakers fan, but as the best Lakers fan. And I talk about Magic Johnson, how he's just the best player ever, and how he mattered like no other player has before or since. But Hulu isn't paying me, so I cannot in good conscience recommend that you watch the show. That all changes with some sponsorship, though. Who knows? Let's keep our eye on that. 
Derrick Rose's bank shot three-pointer to win game three of the 2015 NBA playoff second round is without a doubt a great sports moment. But is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? We shall find out. And here to do it with me is a writer whose bylines have appeared on Complex, Deadspin, Gawker, GQ, Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, Vulture, and Vice, and others. He's a media entrepreneur, and he's a business owner, the founder and operator of Game Day Grails. It's the massively impressive Ernest Wilkins. Ernest, thank you so much for being Bruh. on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. I need to, like, yeah, you can you do voicemails? Like, that's, <laughs> do you write LinkedIn bios? Like, I need that. That was, that was exactly what I need to be hearing before I do anything in every morning. No, listen, I appreciate you so much for being on the show. I see everything you're doing, and I'm like, why is this guy spending time on this stupid podcast? This <laughs> is, in my opinion, a mistake that you're making. No, nah, man. I've been a fan of yours forever, bro, since, like, Tumblr. Like, Tumblr oh, era. Gosh. Heavy, oh, heavy a, Tumblr. A, like, we can take it there. What a mistake. No, man, I can't it's, believe and like, you've wasted so much time with me. Nah, for real. Like you're you're a legend. And I think I think there's a lot of people who kind of bit your steez in, in the years to come. Cause like wow. you were Lakers Twitter before it was cool to be Lakers Twitter. Wow. Right? Thank you. <laughs> like you were like Shannon Brown Lakers Twitter. You were out here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Only man, I see you ever like repping for Ronnie Turioff in my life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't related to him. I'm just playing. Shout out to Ronnie Toriaf if you're listening. Shout out to Ronnie. Uh, I I don't do well with your um, kind words, so we'll move right <laughs> past them. Let's table set. Ernest, what is your favorite sport? What's your favorite team? And who is your favorite athlete of all time? All right. Favorite sport is, I have to be specific, my favorite sport is college football. Like, oh, Great answer. I love It's college football. That is my favorite sport. Got it. Um second only to like actually my favorite sport is professional wrestling but my second favorite sport is wow football. um got it all right my favorite athlete is frank thomas the big hurt the big hurt the big but, hurt frank thomas do you quickly before you, do you uh believe frank thomas's um career his legacy is being hurt by these pill commercials he keeps doing absolutely um <laughs> i the, one thing you don't want to see is a legend become besmirched, right? That's the word, besmirched. You know what I'm saying? I got those, you know, you know, it's it's it's, it's a it's a very verbose household over here. But no, um, I'm very frustrated because it's like Doug Flutie, the man. You know what I mean? Yes. Him, yes. You know, Frank Thomas, the man. And it's like it's already bad enough in Chicago. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if it made a way out west yet. But um, <laughs> Brian Urlacher, Hall of Fame linebacker for the yes, Chicago yes. Bears, has uh, started doing um the you know hair restoration commercials oh no is that true yeah and so when you land in chicago at o'hare international airport um there's a lovely sign that greets you with brian Lacker with a fresh head of hair that he didn't have for his entire 12 plus season (laughs) career um like it's like the bear with hair i can't remember what the pills do that frank thomas hawks they uh they what's it called they increase your stamina your fire i believe it's called your fire And You're she'll love it too. You know what I'm saying? Like they wing at right. you, like hey. Yeah, they make it weirdly sexual. It's not. It's not overtly sexual, but it's a hundred percent gets there. Yeah, and like I'm sorry to say, there's there's hero aspirations. Like I'm, I, I was born in 1985, right? So like the hero yes. thing is there, and I don't want to hear Frank Thomas tell me about <laughs> how it's gonna. Like my wife is gonna be down with the fact that I pop these pills. You know what I'm saying? Like. I'm here for you cranking homers onto, you know what I'm saying, the expressway right. on 9094, and you talking about, you know what I'm saying, staying in the game, or I lost my fire. And it's like, dog, like, come on, man. You're the yeah, MVP of the league. Like, come on, man. Come on. Like, come on in Frank. a way, for some reason, what I take from those commercials has more to do with my own mortality. Like him reminding mm-hmm. me that I've probably lost a few miles an hour off my basketball. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm taking from it. Because yeah, I'm the not sports buying are things. to talk about erectile dysfunction are amazing, <laughs> by the way. It's like, oh, he's lost his inside pitch. The curve's not splitting as much as it used to. It's like, what? The f- <laughs> like, what are we he talking about? He can't get the hitter off the plate. Yeah, <laughs> that he, can't, he, can't, he can't ground it to the 3-2 double. <laughs> Can't turn that double play anymore, you know? These are getting very gross. This is our new, this is just a show now. I uh, I lo- I do I, I want to say in defense of Frank, neither of us have taken the pills, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. We might he might honestly like your fire might get restored. What are we talking about? Oh we my should, god! Mm-hmm. Can you imagine me uh, with a fire? My drive, <laughs> my drive could return. 
My wife better hit the deck. Yeah, she better look. You better call a babysitter out here. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, no, those are great answers. I really appreciate oh, you, like, Frank. Yeah, uh, shout out to Big Thomas Frank. So but shout out to Big Hurt. Low key, like the thing about, and I'll segue to the next question. But the thing I love about Frank Thomas is he has been famous for the majority of my life. Yes. Um, and every time you see Frank Thomas, he acts as if he is your cousin that you haven't seen in a couple oh, of months. Oh, that's great. That's and fantastic. I'm talking, this man doesn't know me from a can of paint. He'll be like, hey, buddy, what's up? <laughs> like, he'll give you the nice, it's a good handshake. You feel authentic, you know? You feel like somebody when you're shaking Frank Thomas's hand. That's all I'll say. Um, my favorite team. Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to say, I'm writing down can of paint. I'm going to use that on the show, and I will not be giving you credit. Absolutely. For you should. Please. That's what this is all for, right? I live to give. <laughs> um no, my favorite team. Okay, so my favorite team in totality um, are the Florida State Seminoles. Oh, here we go. The I was going to say, when you yes. mentioned college football, I was going to say, the Florida FSU State alum. Yes. The only, <laughs> I say, it, I'm it does not saying, surprise like, me. The only tolerable someone. Florida State alums. I, someone told me this. This is not me coming up with this. Someone told me this. The only tolerable Florida State alums. It's me, Burt Reynolds, and Bud <laughs> Elliott from Tom Hawk Nation. <laughs> From what? Bud Elliott. He's a writer for CBS and like a podcast. Oh. My boy. Shout out to Bud, dude. Big love. Much love to him. Ernest, your day job. Hmm? You're at Twitter. Yeah. Please tell me about your career, how you got there, what yeah. you're doing at Twitter. Uh, obviously a massively uh, influential and important media company. And you've ascended the ranks. Tell me about it. I got into social audio really early. So like early beta clubhouse, like all that stuff. And I saw the potential immediate because I come from an audio background. Like I had a radio show in high school, like absolute nerd stuff. Um, but it's audio, <laughs> like audio is so important. And I've never, I've never worried about the medium. It was always about the message to me. Right. So right, like right. working at Twitter, I am now truly in my dream job where it's like, Amazing. I get to do the thing that I'm really good at, but also help other people do it. Right. So like my job isn't That's like awesome. how to use the platform. It's, Hey, you know, how do we tell the best stories? How do I help? Right you know, the folks on the timeline get the best stuff every day. That's all that matters. So that's great. Amazing. Good for you. Can you speak to, particularly as a black man, reaching this position at, at a media company as powerful as Twitter? What has that process been like? How difficult has it been? How did you get to where you are? Is there something you can distill for the listeners? Uh, a I mean, lesson I don't that think I'm where I take. need to be honestly I think like there's more I can do right that's a, that's a big there's a big one right there like it's never one thing I think that's the other thing people need to realize like there's two I guess that that's a two part answer one is nobody's coming to save you and by that I mean nobody's coming to save you from the work like you are not going to be chosen you're not going to be told you are the one that is doing this the best therefore I'm choosing you and giving you a bunch of money like it isn't how it works I know that's how press releases look but that's not how it works and so that leads into there isn't one thing. Um, I have been working in some capacity yeah. around Twitter itself for 12, 13 years now. So you're like, okay, you know, I know the timeline because I'm on the timeline because I am of right. the timeline. Right. And so that has helped imagine, you know, demonstrably. And I'm on the greatest team of all time. Like the people I work with are all like smart as like, it's truly like I said, I like joined the Avengers. So that's how I feel. It's great. Uh, let's get into our moment. I'm super excited to talk about it. As we were discussing which moment we would get into on the show, you picked Derrick Rose's yes. Game 3 winner against the Cavs 2015. I can't wait to talk about why. To determine whether this moment will go into the first ballot Hall of Fame, we have to go through our Hall of Fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge every moment. The first credential, as always, analytics. People love numbers. They... My God, they pour over numbers. They love them. They feel like it makes them a deeper, bigger fan. I don't get it. But listen, we're going to go through some of the numbers of this moment. For the game, Derrick Rose finished with 37-7, and seven, a steal and a block. He was 10 of 26 from the floor. It's 38%. Strong game minus the shooting. Mike Dunleavy, strangely effective in this game, yep. as was the Bulls defense on LeBron, who went 8 of 25, but did have 14 assists. A fine game from Derrick Rose. Do you have any thoughts on the stats here, Ernest? Um, okay. So I think that this is one of those deceptive games, right? Because from my recollection, which is pretty strong, let me be very clear. Uh, <laughs> that game was what I like to call the LeBron exposed game. 
I can't, I can't, I cannot wait. Please let me hear this. Okay. LeBron James, <laughs> as we know, is a human being. Yes. Right? And as such, <laughs> there are ways sometimes to get to LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Same way there are to get to any human being. Right. And I believe in that game. The defense of the Chicago Bulls Ugh. got to LeBron James. This is I, I. This is so much fun. Keep going. Now, here's what you got to remember. Context is very, very, very important at the time because we have to remember. Because I think you know the mid 2010s are all kind of just like glossed over. It's like LeBron and the Heatles, right? But you got to remember before that all happened, he's in you know in Cleveland trying to figure it out. That's right. You know, and so I think what happens is you got to go, okay, that guy was figuring it out. And eventually he he climbed the mountain, same way Jordan had to climb the mountain and the Pistons, so on and forth. Right. right? But what happened with the Bulls was for the first time in a really, really, really long time, LeBron James had a foil in the East. Right. That's right. Because this is pre uh, Celtics. This is like, so there is this kind of just him running roughshod and going to Eastern Conference finals or some, you know, semis and blowing people out and all that stuff. So, LeBron kind of was looking mildly in, indestructible. And then the Bulls came in. <laughs> right? Now, the Chicago Bulls became the Cavs foil. And for the first time, I think everybody was like, wait, wait. Like, how does he wait? And so basically what you saw, you know, is what we call, like some people call it the lucky shot. Some people call it just like, I call it Martell. Martell, of course, being Derrick Rose's middle name. Middle name, yeah. So you believe? I love this. I'm I'm really excited about this. Yeah. I always say about LeBron, he's Prometheus. He stole fire from the owners and gave it to the players. Mm -hmm. He taught the players how to play the business side of the NBA. You are saying the Chicago Bulls, Derrick Rose, and all of his teammates, particularly in this game. Figured out how to play against LeBron James and gave that to the rest of the league. They broke it. They're the ones. Oh. Because if you think about it, this is post heatles You know what I mean? Yep. He's back. They won the title next year. But what happened was nobody was scared of LeBron James like that again. I, I love I love listening to a Chicagoan who's a diehard Chicago fan who certainly loves and supports the Bulls get into the nitty gritty about how the bulls cracked LeBron's uh, egg. I, this is so much fun to listen to. <laughs> the next credentials are eye test. Ernest, what did you see in this moment that may have added to the moment's greatness and might give it a better chance of making the first ballot hall of fame? What did you see? Basketball. I saw, I saw basketball and I saw the most, the most confident thing I've ever seen done personally. Now, bear in context, the eye test also matches in the environment that you're in, right? So I was not at this game. I was at a bar. Right. And at the time, my entire friend group, we're talking everybody I know, is in this bar watching this game. (laughs) Now, remember, series is closed. So, like, we don't know what's going to happen because it's 1-1. Right, right, right. So now stakes are high, and it's 96-96. And everybody is standing up. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And Josh Terry, shouts to Josh, great music writer, look him up. Josh is standing next to me. I'm holding a beer. I don't remember what the beer is. I had put my food down because I was eating. And it was like, oh, my God. And I was so stressed out, I stood up. And it was like straight, like a, like a like Buckingham Palace kind of vibe. <laughs> and they inbounded that ball. <laughs> and all I can say is, somebody, I don't know who it was. And in my dream, it's like Jesus came down from the mountain and said this. He goes, Rose for the win. <laughs> like in deep, I don't know who said it. I, to this day, nobody knows. I don't even, like people say like nobody said it. I'm like, I remember hearing it. Go, Rose for the win. And sure enough, remember, because that was 10, it was 10 seconds on the clock. Yeah. J.R. Smith hits that crazy three, tie the game. So we thought it was over. We're like, all right, cool. We got this. J.R. Smith hits that three. So now everybody's standing up like, oh my God, no, 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 no. So call the timeout. Coming that time out, the whatever voice, the voice of God spoke. <laughs> they hit that spot at the top of the key over Tristan because it was like, all right, they're going to have him over Tristan Thompson because they, maybe they thought they were going to get the block. And the second I saw that matchup, I took my beer and I threw it in the air. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the beer, 
It has never come down like Bobby Shmurda's hat. That beer is still somewhere up in that air. And that moment made me feel so good because it was the first time in so long. And I'm, all my friends have said the same. It's the first time in so long that we all felt it again. And so it's sad to say, but like I've been chasing that high ever since. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I love how personal this is to you. Yeah. I love that when you think about this moment, you very much see your perspective, mm-hmm. the people you were with, the beer that's never landed, the, the eruption, the, these sports moments. Like they're sobbing. my favorite part of bro. Like the bartender my, started literally the bartender. We did, nobody paid for a drink for the next like 15 oh, minutes. So he great. was, it was like coyote ugly in there. <laughs> these people were just pouring drinks people's mouths like the bus boys were like i'll never forget this like the bus boys were just hugging people it was like yeah and so like that's my like always like you talk about sports and people don't like sports like, how do you not like sports a coyote ugly reference i'm telling you that's the best reference you know they poured a shot with a little thing on it a little nipple on it they poured it on people's mouth i was like oh man this is crazy i definitely took one though <laughs> Um, I really appreciate it. Sports moments to me, they're the things that are ours. The the teams are not ours. The jerseys change. The players change. But those moments and the way you remember them, those are yours forever. That's you know part of what this show is. So I appreciate you being so personal about this. As I watch this play in, in pr- preparation for this episode, first off, it's fantastic defense from Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. He's right there. Yep. <clears throat> Derek Rose really has to sort of quick release that to get it out and sort of get his hand away. I feel like he doesn't, he's worried he's about to get blocked. So a f- phenomenal defense. So for him to make that shot over that type of defense, Absolutely. fantastic. The other thing, obviously the meme face, that meme face, him jumping into joke, him Noah's arms being completely flat faced, Derek Rose, it's my favorite Derek Rose is like the completely yes. unemotional. The There's man. nothing on his goddamn face. Yes. The ice man. He is just as flat as the road. I, you can't believe how big of a shot that is and how just absolutely vacant of emotion he appears to be in that moment. Now, also, you got to remember, like, that's also Derek Rose, too, because that Derek Rose is the same Derek Rose. It was all star starter. And like LeBron and all of them are dancing and like, uh, yeah, like, I'll never yes. forget as long as I live. And he just goes out there and he's just like let's play basketball like <laughs> that is my dad that is me that is my uncle that are my cousins that is like that's the city of chicago that is the south side of chicago particularly like great i'm here thank you so much for having me we're gonna have a good time we're gonna dance but right now i'm here to bust everybody's ass what's up <laughs> and i think that's that's the moment where people are always like oh yeah what chicago sports like what's the difference between chicago sports and like new york i'm like watch that clip <laughs> that clip and the buzzer that. beater though that's chicago basketball to me amazing um the next credential is Twitter fingers. Any great tweets from the night? Clearly to me, we're working right off of this meme phase. The meme goes crazy online. What are the great tweets from 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 that night? Let's go through a couple. Someone tweeted that Derek Rose face. Again, if you don't remember the image, go to our Instagram at first ballot HOF. You'll see Derek Rose's face. It is the sort of crystalline image that lasts uh, forever from this moment. Everyone tweeting this image, adding their own little jokes. The first one, when you just hit a game winner and you remember you left your phone with your girl. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I love that. That's that sort of like, because you can you can really look at Derrick Rose's face in that moment and and interpret it a lot of different ways. Yeah. For, for someone to see that and go, oh my God, I left my phone with my girlfriend. She's going to get into it <laughs> and see all these things I'm doing. Very funny. <laughs> Uh, someone else tweeted, when your homies are happy, you ain't the father, but you wish you were. <laughs> a little Maury Povich reference. I love that one. Oh, man. Uh, and the last one I have here, uh, when you hit the game winner and your teammates go nuts, but you're not trying to get injured again. That's oh, right. That's right. There, there's there's a couple other ones where it was like, where your roommate deletes a show off the DVR before you had a chance to watch it. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another great tweet on this moment oh. uh not from the night of but uh from my favorite twitter account of all time he was the first guest on the first ballot podcast mr dragonfly jones someone asked him has any player ever had a great play and then not celebrated or not showed any emotion and of course dragonfly mentions Derek rose banked in a playoff game winning three and looked like someone stole his parking spot at walmart <laughs> Dragonfly Joe's dog. Like honestly, like top five Twitter ever in history. Like he, ever. he does have to date my favorite tweet of all time. 
Oh, what is it? it I know it without even having to like look at it. It's <laughs> he was talking about the real world Hawaii. He was like, tech for the real Hawaii, did it right. He was like, he's in the first episode and you never saw him again. It was just the idea, <laughs> the visual of like never seeing tech because it was so true. Like you just never saw tech. It was too busy getting to it in Hawaii. He's like, he to Hawaii. And you never saw him again. And I laughed for like three straight days because that visual was just like, well, goodbye. That's so <laughs> Where's tech? Funny. I don't know, you know, he's in Hawaii. Yeah, he he's wild. He is. Dragonfly has amazing specificity. Like he can get oh, into man. the weeds and like reference something very tight, very small, and everybody that gets it loves it. Uh, he's he's the best. Uh, the next credential is our ear test. What did we hear in this moment? Let's listen to the moment together. But again, this is this sort of credential. This is the category where we're going. Did the call here add something to the moment? We're looking for the things that are going to put this moment over the top and put it in the first ballot hall of fame. Let's listen to the call. Dunleavy. Looking, finds Rose. Rose trying to get open, fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! Just a classic Woo! Mike Breen. I got chills. Woo! Yes. A classic, a solid, the bang, the detail, Mike the Breen, excitement. Baby. Mike Breen will go down as one of the best to ever do it. He will be the voice of the NBA for so many. So glad we had Mike on the call. What in that call stands out for you, Ernest? Okay. The bang, obviously, because it's just like, that's like, if we talk about, I think that's like the one that like other people wanted for themselves. They want that one, yes. that bang. Yes. Um, Because of how the emotion came in. And okay. So it's true roller coaster emotion. It starts low. He's like, off the inbound, it goes up, and it just goes. And now he's charged up, the crowd explodes at the same time. But then the best part, I think one of the things that we all need to do better at as NBA fans is acknowledge the cultural differences of our respective teams, right? The Bulls <laughs> invented the modern entrance with Sirius, let's be very clear. Um, I feel like it's weird that other teams haven't really done their serious moment yet. Like, I feel like I honestly could think of a theme song for every NBA team. It would be sick. Um, we, we made a couple of them for grails already, but the other part is you have to have a winning song, right? And your uh, winning song has to feel like a song that you want to play after you do something. that Right. Big. So yes. for Queens, another one bites the dust to start playing <laughs> that baseline kicks in after that. Like the, yes. you the ah, they go, do, 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 do. You're like, oh, oh my fantastic. God, a bit the dust LeBron James. Like, like <laughs> I want to like yell now, like, you know? So I think that is, I mean, ear test, like it's not even a question. I love, what a great ad. That's fantastic. Um, and you're right about the game winning songs. The Lakers do I Love LA. Mm -hmm. Classic. The Yankees do one. I, I hadn't thought about that until you yeah. mentioned it right now. The only you're teams right. that really still do it. It's like, I mean, you know, like the Pistons don't play the final countdown anymore. Like, you know, before games, that used to be their intro song. Like serious, y'all yes. still do. I don't, what is LA's? Where's the Lakers? Um, it's uh, they've changed it. It's See? changed over years. Yeah, it's it's they do that big. I mean, it's phenomenal when they drop that curtain and sort of right. um, project the the video. So it's it's a big deal. But the song, I believe, has changed. I don't think of a song as I think about Laker intros. I only think about I love L.A. after after wins. See, but like the Laker intro, I feel like is easy, right? Like you either do <laughs> the beat from. <laughs> What's my name about Snoop Doggy Dog? Because like that beat during <laughs> intro. <laughs> think about think about that, that Dr. Dre so beat cold. smacking you in the mouth as oh the Lakers come out. You know what I'm saying? As yes. Russell, like well, imagine Russell Westbrook coming out to that song. Oh my God. I'm telling you, every team needs an entrance name. It gets you, it gets you hyped up. That's one of the few things like wrestling gave the world. Um, but the ending song, I love LA is so great because it's like we love it. Like that, yes. I feel like got copied the same way that like everybody said, well, I, I know that like the Cubs, I feel like got go Cubs go from that same mm -hmm. vibe of like, I love yes. LA and everybody singing and having fun. The Dodgers tried to do something. I remember it wasn't that great. So I don't know. I think it's just important to have a starting song and an ending song. Like I, hockey I does it really idea. well too, but they have like, you're, the whole song too though. You're absolutely right. And uh, it's not surprising to me that the big cities, the cities, the teams that get it have those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, you th all the small market teams exactly need that. They need those things to start building some. Sort I have a of, playlist like, on Spotify. Literally, if every if every if the NBA needs me to do this, I already did it. Every team, <laughs> we already made a lot of the videos. Just holler at us, Game Day Ernest at GameDayGirls dot com. Come holler at me. <laughs> 
uh, while we're talking about ears and what we're hearing, Ernest, you worked A&R at Hit Code Def Jam. That seems like a dream job. Did you discover anyone? Do you know L.A. Reid? How did you get that job? Tell me again. Uh, I got it from throwing parties in college. Um, you know, doing, throwing parties for rappers and like popping. I was fortunate enough to be in Tallahassee at the same time T-Pain popped off. So like, oh my you know, and so he was like the biggest thing in the world. And like, you know, he did his like for his second album. Like I got to work on the show he did at the Leon County Civic Center. Like, you know, so it was my first real. I've always kind of been around like rap music and the industry and because at that time anything coming out of the southeast was so hot um and through that you know i met a bunch of people and my homegirl aaron shout out to aaron she hit me and was like hey i'm up at hitco but we need somebody like intern like to look you know go do a and r stuff like listen to all the record the demos and all that stuff i was like done now remember i'm in chicago oh, with a job so i'm like all right i'm just gonna move to atlanta we'll figure it out <laughs> so i just moved to atlanta I've always kind of done my own thing, but like I always knew, like I'm, you know, I would sell beats on the side for like dope boy rappers and like on MySpace and shit. And me and my boy Jay would always pull out like mixtapes, and I've, you know, just always had a sense of like storytelling, building a narrative, building a brand. Like that's always been my bag, and so that has always been something I've, you know, found in my career is consistently it's just telling stories, staying curious, and you know, finding those connections that people have, and you know, bridge those gaps. So. It worked out, or at least it's working out. <laughs> you, you getting business from throwing parties in college is a super underrated part of your, of your story. That's the American dream. You're throwing a party, and it leads to paid work. Amazing. The next credential is our test of time. This is when we compare this moment, Derek, uh, Derek Rose's game winner, against other moments like it in history. There are a few notable game winners. Let's talk about a banked game winner to start here. To start here, Kobe's bank against the Heat on Christmas Day stands out. Let's listen to it together. Artest looking, gets it to Bryant. Bryant dribbling, has to put it up at the buzzer. Banks it in! Oh, he banks in the three! And the Lakers win the game! That's just a regular season game. The playoffs matter. No, Lakers that's would Christmas. go on to win a championship that season. That's I'm just that's saying. okay. This, <laughs> you just, just got me. Just you, just got me you just got me piled. Listen, I agree <laughs> with you. Let me start by saying I agree with you. Let me also start by saying the NBA should start the season on Christmas. Yeah, they should. Start yeah, the, a, like because if that's the first day of the yep. season, yeah, that's like, that moment gets more cred. I yep. don't think it got enough cred because that I remember seeing that and being like, oh. That's not my favorite Kobe memory. No. It's a good one. It's a good I, I, one, though, but it's not it's like, a good one. It's not even my top 10, I don't think, but it's still like, oh, shit. Like, I, yeah, I, I do think the playoffs matter to that end. Here's the next moment to compare it to. Uh, how about LeBron James game two winner buzzer hmm. beater again against the Orlando Magic in the 2009 finals? Let's listen to that. Mo Williams will throw in. Rashard Lewis playing off the ball. Lewis. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer as the Cavaliers have pulled it out to tie the series and what a miraculous shot by James. The difference there is Cleveland was down two at the time, so they would have lost that game if LeBron hadn't made right. it. If Derrick Rose misses that shot, they go to overtime. LeBron tied the series where Derrick Rose took the the 2-1 lead. However, both uh, Rose and the Bulls lost to the Cavs here in 2015, and LeBron and the Cavs lost to Dwight Howard's Magic there in 2009. That is an aside. I think the correct moment to compare Derrick Rose's game winner to is from the very next game of that series, game four of the 2015 Conference Finals, Tied 84-84 with one and a half seconds left. LeBron shook Jimmy Butler in the mm-hmm. corner, rose up. Let's Took listen. 1.5 remaining. James for the win. It's gone. LeBron James at the buzzer. Stuns the Chicago Bulls, and the series is tied at two games apiece. What a finish here at the United Center for the second straight game of buzzer beater. Now, I, I got to go through something here, Ernest. Oh, you yeah. got to listen to me, and then I want you to reply to this. Absolutely. 
LeBron had 38, 12, and 6 in game five. Yep. The Cavs blew out the Bulls in game six. Mm -hmm. The next season, Fred Hoiberg is the coach, and the Bulls finished 42 and 40. Yep. The winner after that, Chicago trades Derrick Rose. Yep. This series that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. 2015 second round, is for all intents and purposes the closing of Derrick Rose's Bulls title window. Yes. Confirm. Does the bank shot engage? This is a tough question. This is a burning question here. Next next category. Does the bank shot in game three from Derrick Rose, does its relative insignificance to the outcome of what happened hurt the moment or should that bank shot be commemorated as the last great play in a closing championship window? The second one. I think it's important to, I think we, we always talk, we, we do a bad job of dynasty of, of commemorating dynasties, not in the same sense of like winning titles, but like we should be aware when windows open and when windows close. Yes, I agree. Now I, not only do I agree with you, the city of Chicago agrees with you because the facts backed it up. That was not only the end of the window, but that was the end of the bulls as far as relevancy. Cause you also got to remember at the time, the bulls weren't the number one ticket in town. Blackhawks. Right. Right. Now it's two titles. Like they were like two titles in five years. Like it was crazy. The Blackhawks mania. So remember the bulls kind of, this is their comeback. Mm-hmm. And that moment single-handedly that second one, if you can even hear it in the call, we all knew we were going to lose at some point, but we didn't think it was going to be like that. Cause remember, like I said, the reason that the win is so big is because we were not expected to win anything. Right. They, they were talking about that. Right. It's going to be a sweep. Got it. They said we might get five games. I love this. So this so is like it doubles down like on my other out. point too. Earlier about LeBron had to step up because remember, right from there on he was cruising, and then he yes. got smacked in the face. And from there on, he went crazy for the rest of that. Remember, no, but remember the rest of that series, like the rest of that playoffs, he went nuts. And I think it was the last time somebody got him. Because ever so since th- then, it's been like post-peak LeBron, I would say. Like 20, 2018-ish, like that third year at the Lakers, second year at the Lakers, right before, maybe the 2019, right before the bubble. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like he, he fell to earth a little bit. And that's okay, because people have to do that. But that was the last, like we got the last like poke at peak LeBron. I feel like I, I love this. The last this stand, is, if you will. Allow allow me to do this for a second. It feels like, from what you're saying, this is tantamount to there is a bully in the neighborhood. Yes, he's just running Absolutely. through every dude on the block. Mm-hmm. He's just dragging kids down the street, yes. right? And he st- he he stands up. There's a there's a neighborhood kid, little kid. He stands up to this bully, and he gets in a good, clean shot right to the jaw. Yep. Bloodies his lip. Yeah. The whole everybody goes, oh my god, everybody's going crazy, and then that kid gets his ass beat. Right. But everyone remembers that one clean shot, that one deck right across his jaw. You're saying Derek Rose's shot. Is that punch, that right hook, right through his jaw? Yes. I love this. I love yeah. this. What a strategic way to go at, at getting this moment into the first Bell Hall of Fame. I appreciate how seriously you're taking this. Yeah. Everybody bleeds, bro. <laughs> Is Chicago basketball. That's what I'm telling well, you. I love this. Because here's the thing. I say this, it's a full context too, right? Like I have never left the city of Chicago as a journalist, freelancer, never worked on a coast. I mean, I'm never like full-time relocated ever. The fact that we have to do a lot more to even get the same level of coverage, even regarding like getting hired for gigs, a lot of bullies. So sometimes you got to walk up to the bully and got to punch him in the face. Back off. Chicago. Chicago. This is great. Uh, (laughs) We got to keep moving. Ernest, we're talking about the test of time. While we're talking about time, tell everybody about Game Day Grails. I'm so excited to talk about this and hear about it, how you got into it, how it's going. But tell everybody first what it is. Uh, So Game Day Grails started as a way to clean out my closet. Um, I have always been into vintage sports gear. Like I said, the nostalgia thing is important to me. And so basically, I... I had a nice little collection of vintage sports gear, some, you know, classic stuff, starter jackets, all that. And I've never not been a fan of that style. And I know that it's a very niche, but it's a very big niche. Yes. And so for me, 
my brain is always thinking media. My brain is always thinking like curiosity, like what can I learn more? And so we started basically just making content around vintage sports gear and like the culture right. around and like wearing the stuff, vintage commercials, the vibe, yes. VHS quality, like very aesthetically heavy stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't anything other than just a project during the pandemic because at, this is something I was doing during like mid 2020. Like I'd already started the idea, but it was more like content stuff at first. Right. Started doing a store. We started selling some gear just to learn like e-commerce and like stay versed and learn how to sell things on the internet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for my day job stuff, like personal, like I, I need to know how to do marketing well. So right. I, this is, helps me do that. So basically that took off um, because the store started selling because what we would do is instead of getting like 500 vintage Ohio State t-shirts, what I would do is I'm going to get 50 things, but those 50 things are rare and they're sick. So like Rex right. Chapman gear, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. The stuff that the, the heads are into um, and the people <laughs> who like looking cool. And along the way, what happened for us was a really big moment for us was um, last year, last fall, a couple of people that I know through media and like Charlotte Wilder, shout to her, legend, hero, icon. She works for FS1. Um, she did like a tailgate show last season. And, you know, her and I think um, Mark Titus, I think his name. And she was like, I need some gear. Like, I'm trying to do vintage stuff. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I hit her up and I was like, yo, do you need gear for like your show? Yeah. And she was like, yeah. And so we ended up doing the gear for her whole se- for the Amazing. rest of the season. So Amazing. like we have gear and she's tagging us because she's cool. Amazing. And like, you know, we're taking care of it. And she's like tagging us. So we have gear on the sidelines at, you know, Alabama, Texas A&M and like all this crazy stuff. And people are finding it. And so it starts taking off. So we started rolling the content out. And basically my big thing was always like, I'm not really into selling like a bunch of clothes. I'm into like marketing. So the campaign part is always big for me. So the right. theme of the campaign is good because then it forces me to stay like organized with the gear. I can't buy 75 things if we can only right. do one specific right. thing. Right. So we did a collection around the BCS. And what we found out along the way doing this was a lot of women, mostly women yeah. actually, um, have started shopping with us. And what I learned very quickly, even before I had a daughter, women aren't really catered to in this kind of world, especially anything like streetwear mm-hmm. or anything, shoes, mm-hmm. anything, sneakers, anything hype. And so, you know, you know there's anything, any, period. Period. Yeah, actually, let's be clear. Um, yeah. And so I was like, well, let's, you know, cater to that because that audience buys that audience also like yeah. likes this stuff they and get we, fashion too and yeah it's like they get yeah. fits off too so the other part of yes. it was you know obviously as a man i'm not going to be out here telling what we want to wear but what we would do is just showcase that it's possible so the culture around mm-hmm. it became more important in the clothes i love that and i love that a lot of your things are moments based a lot like my podcast yeah. here uh moments based centered around particular games particular moments uh i love that i love that i love that idea and um starter stuff is the best you cannot look at a starter jacket and not be like that's what i'm saying it's clean cold as hell and it's been cool because what really took off for us was like the kids have gotten into that nostalgia really crazy and so we have like in our dms like espn top 100 like quarterbacks being like yo i'm going i'm going to to iowa next year like can you find me some gear and that's so sweet because we're like all right cool we're definitely gonna get into like the nil stuff here in a bit but i think for us you know the focus right now is you know, the next collection we're dropping and, you know, I don't know, I don't want to date this, but the next time you hear from us will be uh, the first vintage WNBA collection that's been assembled Amazing. at this scale. Um, our wins have come a lot from concierge type work. Um, and basically what that means is for the last couple of months, we've been actually working with players. Um, so a lot of WNBA players, um, a couple of pro athletes I can't talk about yet. And we've been getting them gear. Um, and we're curating it because they can't get it anywhere else. They're not going to be able right. to dig on eBay. It must be a very fulfilling project, personal project. The ability to be creative, the ability to do the marketing that you enjoy, the ability to uh, connect, reconnect with the sports and the sports memories yep. you have in the fashion. That's And then the, that you're branching out and working with athletes. That's super exciting. Congratulations on all of it. That's super cool. I want you to know... I have a, a yellow Lakers starter, the satin. Ooh, uh, good one. And, but it, I, I had it when I was a kid, so it's small, but I've kept it. It's pristine. Uh, I've My nephew now wears it. And I have a like um, middle school, like maybe freshman year of high school sized purple one in purple as well. Love that. The purple one is hard to get. Right. I, I, you know, the, I, the, the big part of me now goes, can I pull off getting a starter jacket and wearing it now? Yeah. Like my brother, just as we're recording, 
texted me his a picture of him wearing his Detroit Tigers mm, that's uh, a good starter one. jacket. That's a good one. It's blue. Like when you're the, the Lakers, the when white. you're a Lakers fan Clean. and you've got the purple or the yellow, can an adult man yes. wear a giant shiny purple yes. or yellow? Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. Here's why. Authenticity. Yeah. Okay. They never remade them. They never re-released them. They've never retroed them. Starter got bought recently, I think, uh, maybe like six years ago. They hit different. They fit different. They they layer differently. <laughs> They're surprisingly warm for that that late fall. They are. You know what I'm saying? What is the what is the holy grail for game day grails? What is the holy grail of starter jackets? Okay, so the holy grail of starter jackets are there are the white tags, and there are rare editions of white tags. They're usually black. Some are white. Holy Grail for starter jackets also really small teams that weren't good at football. Um, because for like Notre Dame, Michigan, the teams that were popping in the 80s, there's right, so right, many right. of them. Right, right, right. But if you can find like a Boise State or an Oklahoma <sighs> State, like the Oklahoma, I've seen an Oklahoma State starter jacket with like Barry Sanders era. Like oh I've seen, my God. I mean, any rare teams, Hawaii, um, like we just got a Washington Huskies one that's like pretty rare. Any team that, you wouldn't think of when you would think of college football, but like has a sick color. Those are rare ones. Amazing. The next credential is the devil's advocate. Ernest, he banked the shot in. He banked it in. Yeah. He didn't intend to do that. No. Isn't that whole, isn't that just good luck? Didn't he just get lucky? Uh, I mean, if what did Jay-Z say? If you, when you play with skills long enough, good luck will happen. <sighs> what a, what's the man? What a great answer. Ernest, I, I see the clock is running down on the show here. It's almost time for a new segment called More Important. Ernest, can you tell me about Twitter's plans for sports and audio in the future? Mm. Oh, I'm so sorry. We've run out of time for that because it's time for More Important. Play my theme music here, Rob. This is more important. And the questions I'm about to ask here are more important than anything else we've been talking about. Are you ready for More Important, Ernest? Let's do it. All right, Ernest. What is your favorite chain restaurant? Red Lobster. <laughs> the rolls, those rolls, the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Number two, if you can only watch one TV show for the rest of your life, what is it? King of the Hill. Ah, oh, <laughs> what a crazy answer. That seems insane, but we can't go. Time is important. We have to keep moving. Number four, who is the coolest person on the planet right now? My daughter. Alive. My daughter. Pardon's. Your daughter, my daughter oh, what a great answer. I don't I don't know your daughter, but I don't think she's cooler she's than cool. Rihanna or George Clooney. She's cool. <laughs> Trust me, she's cool. Have you seen Syriana? She's a lot cooler now. <laughs> number five. What pardon, this might be number four. I don't remember the number. What is the best NFL branding? You love uh, starter jackets. You must be into branding. NFL, we're talking NFL teams only. What is the best branding of an NFL team? Pittsburgh Steelers. The black and yellow stuff, Pittsburgh clean. wide, is important. It clean, doesn't clean, get mentioned clean. enough. Terrible towel. Like, we're done here. <laughs> the logo, the helmets, yeah. it's really sharp. Never switched it up. It's not the correct answer. It is the Miami Dolphins. But the last question. <laughs> they messed with the Dolphin, though. They did. They got to go back to the other yeah, they Dolphin. Put them on the, you got a BBL now. It's messed up. <laughs> those, those are the earlier, the Dan Marino Dolphins. Yeah. Are That's Zach Thomas. Perfect. Zach Thomas. Fantastic. All right. Last question. And more important. What is the best finishing move of all time? I mean, Stone Cold Stunner. It's the Stone Cold Stunner. The answer is the Stone Cold Stunner. I don't even have to think about it. The last credential, you did a fantastic job, but more important. The next credential is the cosign. The question is yours, Ernest. Should Derrick Rose banked in game three, three point game winner from the 2015 NBA playoffs make the first bout Hall of Fame and why? It absolutely should make the first ballot Hall of Fame. The reason why is because it exposed one of our greats for who he was, a guy from Akron. <laughs> it's time for the induction speech. It's the last credential. That's when me, Neil, gets to decide whether this makes the first ballot Hall of Fame. Derek Rose's career was flush with incredible, breathtaking highs and unbelievable, crushing, disappointing lows. His athleticism was frankly unnatural the human body wasn't meant to endure that kind of torque 
And unfortunately, Derrick Rose is human. D-Rose's career and the importance he played in the narrative that is league history deserves to be remembered by a moment in the first ballot Hall of Fame. But it will not be this Game 3 winner. I've never had a guest on this show on however many episodes we've done. I've never had a guest get me so close to putting a moment in Mm, by mm, this mm. LeBron-centric bully punch across the face this last celebratory moment of a dying championship window i support everything you're saying i think you've explained why this moment matters the memes of derrick rose's face will speak for themselves and will for years to come but the first belt hall of fame needs performance stakes and entertainment the entertainment is here the shot the celebration the meme the performance is fine but just one game later lebron undid the stakes while Derrick Rose's bank shot won't make the hall, Ernest Wilkins will a first ballot guest by any <laughs> thank measure. You. Thank you for being on the show. How angry are you with me? Any um, questions? You know what? I'm used, to, I'm used to Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Being slept oh, on. No. So we're going to go ahead and just add this oh, to no. the, the giant size boulder. It's the bean. It ain't the bean. It's the chip on our shoulder. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, no, it's all good. It's all love. It's still Bulls gang to the E-N-D, which is the N, which is, I think, where we are now in the podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> That's right. Ernest, it's a fantastic moment. I had so much fun listening to you yeah. talk about it. Tap into it. us, man. Like, if you all are interested in Victor Sports Gear and the culture around it or love someone who does, gamedaygrails.com. Come shop with us. Come hang out with us. Be, we're friendly. Gorgeous we're nice. Stuff. We're a bunch of ex-youths from the Midwest, and we're getting to it. So, <laughs> you know, we're having a lot of fun. Um, so come shop with us. Game Day Grails everywhere. I'm Ernest um, Wilkins everywhere. No A in my name, even though I am an A-plus person. Um <laughs> And yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for having me, man. This is great. I'm very excited. Ernest, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. All right, bud. That's it. That's the show. A big gracious thank you to my guest, Mr. Ernest Wilkins. Make sure to follow him on The Bird and make sure you check out Game Day Grails. I'm very much in the process of talking myself into that adult size starter jacket. Game Day Grails. Check it out. First Ballot is edited by the Captain Robarucci. The show is produced by the Unstoppable. Jessica Sang. Rhythm J makes all our First Ballot music. Follow him on social at Rhythm J. Jorge Naranjo made our more important theme song. If you're enjoying the show, please let me know or insult me on Twitter at First Ballot Pod so I can shout you out right here. For example, my guy Daniel, the number one Pat Bev fan, Mr. Relax at Relax Bash. Thank you for listening to the show and reviewing it. I appreciate you. Daniel and I have chopped it up for years on Twitter, and now he's supporting the show. It's all love. Thank you, Mr. Relax, and thank you to all of you for listening to the show. Make sure to come back next week for more First Ballot. It's gone! 